Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long we are talking about the ways we can care for our communities. And that happens in a variety of ways, but it always starts with uh, what we're trying to accomplish, right? And my guest today is going to have a lot of information on how, uh, you know, not only what he does, but how what he does helps people to actually shock their career potential. And I can't wait to hear what he's going to talk about as well about the communities. But Dr. Benjamin Ritter is a leadership and career coach. He calls himself a values geek, which I love. He's also, you know, considered a regional learning manager uh, for YPO. He's a national speaker, a podcaster, an author, a mentor. He's passionate about guiding others in finding, creating, and sustaining, and listen up because you know you're going to want to know this, a career that you love. And you know, we talk about that a lot because it's important where you spend all your time that you find something that really matches with who you are and what you want to accomplish in life. Now, he's had over 10 years of experience in coaching and an incredible background in organizational leadership and learning theory. And through this, he learns how to navigate any career path that you decide you want to travel. So he's not going to tell you where you need to go. He's going to find out where you want to go. Now, since launching his coaching practice, he's guided hundreds of professionals towards creating the career they love and has impacted thousands through his events and media content. So here's the thing from empowering young professionals to get unstuck to guiding senior leadership on (laughs) how to stand out from your competition. You know how that uh, is important to us and develop an executive presence, he's an expert in his field and really wants to guide you towards living fully and truly for yourself, both in work and in life. So joining me today is Ben Ritter. Thank you so much. I am happy to be here. I learn more about myself every time my my bio is, is said out loud. So thank you. I just kind of forgot all of that. It's really, I, you know, I say this all the time. I love reading people's bios and, you know, I'm not a big like biography person of reading an entire book about somebody's life. That's never really thrilled me, but the last few years reading people's bios, I just love it because it's this window into the things that we, you know, those of us who write our bios that we feel are important and they're, they tell the story of us, but they still only tell a little part of the story. So tell us a little bit more from your perspective about who you are, what you do, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Thank you for that intro. And I think, by the way, I'm going to probably write the word cat every four words from now on in my bio and just see what happens. Because <laughs> I just, you know, I think it would be fun. Dr. Benjamin Ritter, leadership and career cat coach. What? Hold on. And, you know, no. okay. So I think it will work. Well, it's kind of like the clause with the M&Ms, right? You know, the whole clause of, of you know, why would some uh, rock stars only ask for a bowl of green M&Ms? They wanted to make sure that the uh, booking a- agents were actually yeah. reading their contract on their contracts. So I love it. I want Very next time that you do that, I want to know what uh, podcast that is, because I'm going to listen to them screw over the word cat in your bio. <laughs> 
the the elevator pitch really your bio is such a critical piece to understanding what your professional brand is mm-hmm. if you don't have a good professional story then you won't have a good bio so, and if you don't have either of those you probably don't have a fair amount of clarity on your professional journey so far and especially what your vision is and what your values are and so i work with senior leaders so everyone everyone up from a manager to an executive on really discovering what that career is that is something they can say that they love mm-hmm. i also work with organizations to help them create an environment that people can feel that way in because yes i believe in personal accountability and empowerment when it comes to your career like no one can give you job satisfaction you have to create it for yourself but organizations can make it easier for us and most of the time they're not built that way they're not built in a way where people can come in and have a conversation with their leader that then helps them create a professional plan to create the career they love. And and because that doesn't happen, people tend to think that, oh, starting a business is an answer or getting a new job is an answer. And so people tend to hop from thing to thing, ultimately always feeling stuck, but having about a six month window at each job where they feel like, oh, this, this could be it. This is right. Because they're learning something new. They're being challenged. Exactly. And so that's where the bulk of my time is being spent. And I'm happy to dive into how I got there, but I'll pause. Yeah. You know, I would love to, because, you know, as you're talking, it's funny that um, just the last couple of days I had uh, a gal who's worked for me before and she, you know, reaches out every six months or so. And, you know, she's looking for something new and her company, you know, a lot of transition over the last 18 months. And there were times that she was not certain she was going to have her job. And, and then of course her position got downplayed, but or downgraded or deep, I don't know, eliminated, whatever. Um, but one of the things that I was talking to her about is, you know, I know you keep looking for that perfect job. And I got to tell you, after all these years, I, I just haven't said this directly to you. And I'm going to tell you now, there is no perfect job. There's no one perfect job, but there are jobs that are more exciting to us or more suited to us or you know, but it's not about the title or the company. It's about whether or not it interests you. And I feel like you're chasing still some mythical, wonderful, perfect job. And that doesn't mean that imperfect is is terrible. It just means that you're you're setting yourself up for, you know, the Cinderella's glass slipper and it's not there. So, you know, that's what we were promised. (laughs) We were promised that though. We were promised the perfect job. We went to college or school and Everyone told us that we had to find that perfect job that just like we have to find that glass slipper. These are, these are real social pressures. Yeah. stories, And then they lead us in our decisions when ultimately, hopefully we can shock some people's potential today to help them realize that your perfect job actually is going to change as you change, as you learn. Um, So there's the career sweet spot. We can get into it a little bit later but it's where your skills overlap with what you want to grow towards Mm. that what overlaps with what you're passionate and what you feel is purposeful to you. And that is going to change. I mean, your first job, like you're going to learn that. And so you're going to have to want to learn something else. And as, as you grow professionally, where you are supposed to be in, in your job or in your career, in your, in the organization is going to change. It has to, and if we don't have that level of awareness, we're going to think that it's the organization's fault or our job's fault when really we are the ones that need to start adapting our work, adapting who we work with, adapting what challenges we take, what projects we face, adapting 
or re I basically uh, re kind of iterating what we feel is meaningful at the same time as well. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, everything you're saying, I am just nodding and nodding and nodding. I absolutely agree. But to your point, you know, we maybe not so much my generation because my generation was taught. You just go get, you know, a job and, you know, you work it. Um, Not necessarily you work it till you um, retired in Gen X's, but um, but still you just, you know, you go to work, you shut up, you take your paycheck, right. You know, and you, it's just a job that was kind of a, just a job. But I do think that it's much more important to all of us today, no matter what age to have a career that feels very satisfying. So when you have someone that you're talking to and they're at that point, like, yeah, but this should be my perfect job. And if only my manager wasn't like this and only my company didn't do this, or if only that, how do you help them? to navigate that mind shift change from the Cinderella slipper to, Hey, it may fit right now or what parts of it fit until it's time, you know, cause you're going to move from this glass slipper to, you know, the running shoes. I don't know. I'm taking this analogy way too far, but you know what I'm, I'm saying? How do you help them to make that transition into what's right for you today? Yeah. I think what, something that you said was really important. I want to know, and I don't have research on this, but people used to, and there are still people like this today. I mean, but you went into work to work, take your paycheck and you went home yeah. and there weren't, there, there, there weren't a plethora of options. There wasn't an ability for you to compare yourself to the rest of the world. You didn't have visions of, of people that were working supposedly in front of yachts or in the middle of the jungle. Like there, there wasn't, I think a, oh. a gap of where you are to where other people are. And yeah. so that, that is a huge piece of pressure, this, I, I should be doing something else. I could have this glorious lifestyle when you don't see though, the person in the jungle is getting bit by mosquitoes constantly and yep. actually is sleeping on a dust floor. Like you don't see that part. Right. And I think, I think the other piece though, too, is that our communities used to be where we worked. And so who we worked with were also strong relationships and knew our families. And so you go into work and yes, you were just working but it was in a much enclosed, intimate, connected community. So, and there weren't a lot of other places to work. You worked at the grocery store because the grocery store was the only place that had jobs and there wasn't right. a way for you to get another job. And so I think, you know, we, we kind of compare the, the two of, oh, look at this generation. They just want purposeful work and all these things. And I'm like, well, <laughs> the environment and culture of work has changed. Yes. You know, it's not that we all just are touchy feely nowadays. It's that the, it's that how we work, the environment that we work in, the things that we get from our work, because we don't have those immediate close relationships. We don't have the immediate close knit community. We don't, you know, it's, we, we don't feel like also maybe we're giving back to our community because we're working within such a small little bubble. And so we don't have those things. Now we have to find replacements for them. And this is where I think where those other, other factors come into play. And so I just want to put that out there. It's okay. If you want meaningful work, like you should, yeah. it's okay. It, you, you, there, it's, it's normal. Yeah, absolutely. And I never, I mean, I don't even know why I want to kind of like smack myself upside the head. I hadn't really ever thought about that, that it's true. We used to, you know, my first, you know, post-college job that was my first big job. I mean, I had friends, those people that I worked with were my friends. I did things with them after work. I cared about 
what, you know, their kid, the outcome of their kids' baseball games. I, you know, you, you celebrated birthdays with an actual birthday cake. There were things. And now not only, I mean, obviously we've had, you know, the, the learnings from a pandemic and working remotely, but many businesses are, are having more, if they're, if they're back in person at all, many of them are still doing hybrid also. So just even the possibility for those close relationships that we're already not as prevalent is strained. And that those things I can see will, will really add up to a sense of satisfaction and purpose in what you do. Yeah, when it comes to job satisfaction, it really is just highlighting what is job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And people are searching for it because they're searching for that right job. When in actuality, the reason why that job is the right job is because there's a multitude of factors that come together to create some level of satisfaction for you, whatever it is. And you hit the nail on the head with a big one is relationships. Who do you work with? Do you like working with them? Do you not like working with them? That's a big part if you're happy or not. Yeah. The other piece is the actual work that you do. Is this work that you actually feel confident in? That you mm-hmm. feel like you've been that you've been trained in? Or do you go into work and worry about your performance each and every single day? That's a, it's, that's a huge difference in your rates of yeah. job satisfaction. And is this work that you actually enjoy doing? Or if you have work that is draining, are you sandwiching it between work that you enjoy doing or giving yourself some time off and some self-care? That can lead to more energy, less energy, or, or greater levels of job satisfaction. Are you yeah. working towards some sort of opportunity in the future? So do you see growth in front of you? Are there projects upcoming? Do you know what the plan is for you within your current job or your organization? That level of clarity is important for your levels of job satisfaction. So what future work are you excited about and how are you having conversations to help you get there? And the other piece, we've mentioned this already, is do you feel that your work is meaningful or purposeful in any way, shape or form? And that could just be that the paycheck allows me to take care of my family. Mm Because if you highlight that, that does help you feel that your job is meaningful. And if not, then you have to somehow connect meaning to your work. You have to somehow feel that what you're doing is purposeful because if you feel like you're wasting your time, it's going to lend itself to you also feeling stuck again and and less fulfilled. I mean, a really good example of this is when I was working in healthcare. This is where I kind of, I woke up. I was, I was going into work each and every single day, hating my job, Mm. meaning that, and this is a cycle that a lot of my clients go through. You start blaming your job. You start blaming Mm -hmm. your work and your organization for your levels of job dissatisfaction. And so you start pulling back from the work. You start becoming resentful towards the organization. You start pulling back from the people that you work with because you don't see the point in investing in the relationships because you're you're out the door. And because you're not doing any of those things, you become less engaged, which then is a cycle that builds upon itself. Because if you aren't, if you aren't focused on anything good, all you're going to focus on is are things that are bad. And if you focus on something that's bad, it magnifies. And so all of a sudden now you're just digging a hole and digging a hole and digging a hole to the point that I was at where I was walking into work and it was that good of a job. I was great pay, great benefits, great location, really actually great people I was working with. And I was dreading going into the day. Yes. My partner at the time was just sick of me complaining. (laughs) My friends were, were the same. Yeah, I wasn't taking care of myself in the way I should have been because I was negative all the time. And you know, that can actually create health issues, right? If your mindset is always focused on the negative. And I was walking into work and for some reason I started making eye contact with people (laughs) and I was, I was looking at people and I was like, wow, okay, hold on a second. Why do you look that way? Why do you look that way? They all looked like I felt. Wow. And it hit me 
Because at the time, by the way, I was coaching in a different way. I was a, a personal coach. I was a dating coach at the time. I was, I was passionate about personal, uh, personal development. Mm-hmm. And it hit me like, wow, these people are living in these negative emotions. Why are they choosing to do that? Wait a second. I am. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mirror. Mirror. Yeah, I'm looking at victim, the victim. <laughs> play, playing the victim. Yeah. And that, that was my wake up call. And so instead of actually blaming my situation, I used my situation. And so I started crafting my job into one to be one that I could, I could care about. And that required me that it would get clear on what I cared about. Yeah. And it was professional development. And I had a lot of things in co- with coaching in my life. It came up a ton. And, and so I merged professional development, coaching, my, my actual own experience as a high achiever, high performer that was disengaged. And yeah. said, I want to, I want to create, I want to fix this, this organization. So I started getting involved in talent development projects. I started working with corporate and everything was getting a lot better until we got acquired and everything <laughs> like, I was I working on. I just made the mental shift yep. here, people. What are you talking about? Yep. So everything oh. I was working on ended up getting stopped. Yeah. Everyone I was working with and ended up getting fired. Yeah. And so I had to make a choice. And the, the choice was to go try to find a job in this industry, but I had no experience on paper. Mm. And so the other choice was, I know how to launch a coaching practice and I know how to build a brand. And in the meantime, let me go get credible. So I went back to school to get my doctorate in organizational leadership, started building a new business and just started being a little bit happier at work at the same time. Yeah. Well, good for you too. And I know that in that in that circumstance, it didn't have the desired outcome that you would have liked, but really kudos for you for not just leaving that work situation, but saying, I'm going to try and make it better here for me and for other people, because however it ended, which it's a bummer, believe me, I've I've dealt with my share of acquisitions. um, That effort, I think is a great lesson for us all to remember that, you know, we do have a choice in our attitude and we do have sometimes more opportunities to change situations than we might think about. It just takes a little courage to try. Have the least resistance. That's my mm-hmm. whole, my whole spiel. I think a lot of times people try to make things hard for themselves when it comes to improving their career. And also the enemy, you know, is better than the enemy that you don't know. And so yeah. if there's some things that you can fix and a lot of our negativity is usually just attached to stories that we've been telling ourselves like that employee that you hate, one you have a ton of conflict with might actually not be that bad mm-hmm. if you were able to drop the stories that you have towards them and restart the relationship. The same thing goes for leadership that you're not happy with. Or you know what? If you have a poor leader and they're known to be a poor leader, and this is very common within organizations, switch to another department. That is possible. Yes. And yes. so the, and and get a raise at the same time because you'll get a new job. It's just and it's a lot easier to get a new job in your organization than it is to go to another organization. And that's not saying that you shouldn't leave if you want to leave. I'm just saying that there are more options than quit or say. Yeah, I like that too. And frankly, the uh, the desire for people to move uh, among departments, uh, many people don't realize from senior leadership level, that's really appealing. So, you know, when I was VP of sales, if people wanted to move into other parts of the organization, it told me they wanted to learn about other parts of the organization. And that meant they wanted to learn as much as possible because most likely they had a desire to stay over the long term and contribute to the organization's success. And that's really powerful. But to your point, I never thought about it as a way to also maybe escape that one bad leader. And along the way, maybe, you know, help to highlight maybe that 
leader after a while when there's so many people that leave that gets highlighted too. Well, Ben, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group LLC is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are back with Dr. Benjamin Ritter, and we are talking about, uh, you know, about finding that career that you actually love. And a couple of things that I love that you were talking about is, you know, this question of what is job satisfaction and, and how do you recognize it? Because I think it's an important question that we can all ask ourselves. But before I ask you a little bit about our community theme for the month, I want to ask you this, when, when you have a new client or potential client, let's, let's say they've said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I need this. You know, what's one of the first questions that they bring to you or the stumbling blocks or the area that holds them back that, that you recognize most consistently? Because I find that sometimes there's a theme, especially with people trying to find a career they love that just says, ha, yeah, I know we're, many of us struggle with that same thing. Is there a common denominator there? The idea that you need to have the answer before you do anything. <laughs> the answer. When I say the answer, the uh, career. Answer. Yeah. Your career is a culmination of jobs and job experiences. And so I would even challenge everyone that's listening is the thing you're doing now, the thing you thought you were going to do 10 years ago. Mm. And so it's better to get started working towards the things you're interested in, the things Mm -hmm. that light you up and get you excited through conversations with people that are doing it, surrounding yourself with material and media content around that topic, Mm -hmm. and then working in the space Because as you do that, you will continuously learn what lights you up and what you enjoy. And you may learn that you don't want to be in that area. Yeah. But you'll never have learned that if you didn't take action and get started. Yeah. And I love that working towards it means you're taking, you know, more steps. You're not trying to jump or feel less because you're not exactly in the position or title that you want to. You just take a next step that gets you closer. I love it. Well, Ben, all month long, uh, my theme is caring for our communities. And I can see many correlations for this because I think happier people um, and people who are doing something that they are passionate about or feel um, committed to will obviously make them better, which makes our communities better. But do you have anything 
of specific to teach us that will help us to maybe, you know, use this opportunity of the concept of our communities to make us better personally or professionally or within our own businesses? Well, this might not be exactly what you're asking. I feel like I've been doing that the whole episode and keep <laughs> answering my own questions. Okay. I like no, it. But so where I spend a lot of my extra time is through mentorship programs. So I mentor mm -hmm. for two of my past universities, three, three of my past universities and for two different, the three different incubators. So I mentor for six different places and it, it sounds like a lot, but really it's only one meeting a month with the, with the mentees. And if they need further support, then you offer that support. But when we want to give back to our communities, I would suggest that everyone take some time and look around for organizations within your community that are trying to help develop youth of some kind and profession, whichever entrepreneurs, professionals, high school students, college students, because one, they need it. Yeah. Two, it's really fulfilling. Uh, and, and three, you'll probably learn a little bit about yourself along the way. And it is something that I feel is really important. Something that I wish that I had when I was younger and through the multitude of information that's online and that's available to people nowadays. A lot of times someone just needs someone to talk to yep. someone with a little bit more experience that isn't going to judge them and is there to help them. And so if you can find that opportunity, I, I would highly suggest that, that people listening, it is incredibly value for yourself, valuable for yourself and for your community. I, I absolutely agree. I love it. And there's, you know, when that sense of maybe you're not exactly where you want to be, when you are helping someone else, especially mentor someone who's not at the level that you are at, um, you tend to start to see the blessings that you have as well. And, and, you know, see what you do bring to the table and the value you do bring. So I think it can be a real, it can benefit both, both parties very, very much as well as build your community. And how often do you go into a conversation with no desire at all <laughs> to gain something from it, like in terms of a connection or opportunity. And when you're talking to someone at a completely different stage of life that you, that they're looking at you for advice, you're, you're not looking to gain anything from them or take anything from them. And it is a purely curious giving conversation. That is a beautiful time to, it's a beautiful space to be in. Mm -hmm. It really is. It makes me think about, there's a young woman that uh, is a daughter of a friend of mine and uh, he asked me a couple of years ago if I would just, you know, have lunch with her and give her some career advice. And so we've had a few, uh, you know, interactions over the past several years. And the last time was a couple of years ago. It was well up before the pandemic. And um, and we sat down and I knew a little bit about what was going on because she was going to change jobs yet again. And she had been bouncing around. And she said, you know, she is. So she starts off telling me all the reasons why and why this is important while she why she wants to change and how important it is. And, and it was so funny because she, she got quiet and I said, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? She goes, yes, you're going to tell me that I need to stick this out a little bit longer because I'm jumping too quickly and I'm not giving anything a chance. <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, well, I'm still buying you lunch, but yep. <laughs> and she stuck it out. Um, and she just now changed jobs so it's been two and a half years since she was with that company. I was talking to her dad last night and, uh, you know, he's like this, she's made a good move. She made it, she made a much, um, more, uh, you know, conscientious decision and she thought through it and she gave the other position time. And I was like, 
that's really impressive. And I, that makes me happy when you do things and, and you can help people um, to make some of those choices. It really is. It, it does build you as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it I does. love it. That's, I love that story. Because <laughs> again, people just sometimes need to hear it. They need to hear the voice in their head. They need it reaffirmed from someone that they respect and that they trust. Mm-hmm. I know. And then, their parents. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> what I laughed. She goes, and I said, uh, let me guess, is that pretty much uh, what your dad told you to? Yes. <laughs> and I said, you didn't want your dad to be right, did you? No. <laughs> I said, is it okay for me to be right? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it happens. I said, yeah, I'll have my son call your, your dad. It'll be good. <laughs> well, Ben, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody is listening right now and they say, I have to find this man because I think he is the one to help me find the career that I love. What's the best way for them to reach you? Go to live for yourself, consulting.com. And all my info is there. If you want more of a direct line, I'm happy to connect with you on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter send me a message. Let me know that you heard me here. And maybe there'll be a little freebie in the, in the, Ooh, in it as I well. A little shock your potential freebie. I love it. Ben, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Most people tend to regret decisions they have not made, mm. not decisions that they did. And so when it comes to your career, if you have an inkling that you're interested in something, go get a taste of it. Mm, I like it. I like it a lot. And it doesn't hurt to look. I, you know, I would say it's not, you can shop around all you want. doesn't mean you have to buy, but the shopping around tells you what else is out there. (laughs) So much power in knowing that people want you. Yes. In terms of how you show up at your job. If you can show up every day with confidence that, that that job is not, is you're not shackled to it. You will show up much more as a leader, much more as your authentic self and gain so much more from your day-to-day work than you would if you didn't. I agree. Amen to that. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, again, thank you so much for being my guest today. Your advice is sound and your stories are really meaningful. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.